all my reapers and all my creepers. Hey guys. Welcome back for another episode. What's happening? So I gotta ask you something. <laughs> okay. What is an axe murderer's favorite pepper? Oh no. What is it? Hatchet green chilies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I came up with that by myself. Oh, you did a good job. <laughs> I've been waiting for like two days now to to tell you that. <laughs> Great delivery. <laughs> so today we are talking about America's most famous axe murderer. Lizzie Borden. Yeah. Fun fact. For those of you who listened to, was it episode one we talked about the book? I think so. Okay. So if you go back and listen to our very first episode, we talk about this haunted book we bring home. That book just so happened to be about Lizzie Borden. And that was, what, nine years ago now? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I have not gotten Tanner to watch anything Lizzie Borden related. And there's been so many shows come out, and they look really good, but it's, he would not do it. It's weird, because I, because of that experience, I feel like we almost have a personal connection to the subject. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Fills me with the ick. <laughs> Emotional. <laughs> So Lizzie was born on July 19th, 1860, in Fall River, Massachusetts. That was a long time ago. It was a very long time ago. Well, and a long time ago to still be as... Infamous? Infamous? Like, yeah. still as... Yeah. As known? As, yeah. I mean, but there's something about people. We latch on to the more uh, extreme trying to word this nicely not just like butcher it <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that was bad no yeah. it was good <laughs> but yeah we latch on to the darker sides of humanity so we know all the bad guys in history mm -hmm. you know it's it's something that they leave a stain <laughs> a blood stain Wow, we're we're just gonna lay it on thick this episode, aren't we? Apparently, <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> yeah, we latch onto the darker side of humanity, and it's things that we don't ever forget. It is kind of weird. I was going through and watching TikToks, and there was a little girl that did a Lizzie Borden dance, Ugh. which is, I mean, if you're into horror, it's cool, and she does a good job. But also thinking about it, like you have blood all over you and you're talking about violent deaths Ugh. and you're, are you, is that glorifying or? It's, a, it's, yeah, I would say that is. Right. There's a very thin line between education and glorifying when it comes to a lot of these subjects, I feel like. But how is, like, how is the dance cool, but it's so dark, you know, it shouldn't be good. You shouldn't like it, right? Mm -hmm. It should be disgusting. Right. But it's not. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Weird. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, Lizzie murdered her stepmother and father brutally with an axe. There's some debate on it, too. Well, so the rhyme goes, Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41 but that's not how many times she actually... No, the, 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 the poem's not accurate. For one, it was her stepmother. It was not her mother. Mm -hmm. 
there were 22 hatchet. It was also not a axe, it was a hatchet. What's the difference? The difference is an axe is the two-handed hatchet's a, a one-handed. Like Oh, so it's just a smaller. Yeah. Okay. So there were 22 wounds on the stepmother. And on the father, it was indistinguishable. Uh, but you could not recognize his face afterwards. Ah. But the, yeah, you couldn't actually tell how many times he was struck. Woof. Woof. <laughs> There's all kinds of controversy around this case. Mm-hmm. I know you were looking at some stuff that were, was accusing the uncle. Yeah, um, John. John Morse. Mm-hmm. Now, he was Lizzie's biological mother who has was deceased at this point. It was her brother. What did Lizzie's mom die of? I don't know. Okay. Uh, during that, I could have been anything during okay. that time period. But he was staying with them. He got there the night before and then left to go do whatever he was in town for and then came back after. I know you saw some stuff that people nowadays were yeah, they're so they were accusing going, him of it. Yeah, they're accusing John of doing it because timing of him being there and it happening while he, he's been at the house. But also, people have gotten they're like ghost hunting in the Borden house. Oh and yeah, they have EVPs and some of them. It sounds like it says John did it, and they sound really angry. I don't know if there's writing on the wall. There's a really dark entity apparently down in the basement. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it has written out John did it or different things like that. I don't know. Me personally, I take all that with a ginormous lump of salt. Well, kind of all of it. He was at the very beginning quickly viewed as a suspect. At the beginning of a case, everybody's a suspect. You Mm -hmm. know, everyone that could have possibly been there was a suspect. Mm -hmm. He got narrowed out very fast to the point that he was never, I don't even think he was ever arrested uh, barely questioned. Yeah. He was questioned during Lizzie's trial, but he was never brought to his own trial. The The suspicion quickly went to Lizzie. Well, because the maid, Maggie, kept saying that she had done it, that she had heard Lizzie upstairs laughing whenever she had called for her, saying that your father is dead. Which I can totally believe that. From everything I researched... Lizzie might not have been the nicest of persons. Yeah. It was public knowledge that she did not like her stepmother. And she often fought with her father. Over anything in particular? My impression was that she was... I say this just off of my impression of reading. I don't actually mean to speak ill of the dead. (laughs) (laughs) But my impression was she was just spoiled. Yeah. They were a very well-off family. Even though they were well-off, their house was in a district that was uh, mostly immigrants. And she thought she that they needed to live on what was called the hill, which was the the fancy neighborhood in River Falls. Did she not like or the Fall immigrants? Rivers. Fall Rivers in the name of town. No, she, most of the people around there were Irish, and she did not like Irish people at all. To the point that when she... The bodies were discovered. She sent the maid to their doctor, who was unavailable, even though there was a doctor literally next door and was home at the time. But he was Irish. 
So if you were actually, con- if in my opinion, if you were actually concerned about this, you would have summoned Anybody. anyone who could have helped. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and they also say that she showed zero emotion through the trials. Yes. The, even being questioned right after the bodies were discovered, the police said that she showed no ounce of emotion. Creepy. Which, I mean, people react to shock in different ways. Yeah. But. But you would look shocked. Y- yes. It would be, like, stunned, kind of muted. <laughs> the police said that her story was inconsistent and she showed no sign of grief at all. So that is something that they say, too, about saying that Lizzie is innocent, is because she was also prescribed morphine throughout all of this. And that it could make her lethargic and not 100% present. Right. And that was from the testimony of her actual family doctor. Mm. Also, we'll back up real quick. Your father, you can't even recognize his face. And then your stepmother is obviously also deceased. What does calling the doctor do? Are they going to check a pulse? (laughs) Yep, that's a dead body. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) (laughs) So the community seemed to rally behind Lizzie. Really? But in the 1800s, it would have been almost inconceivable that a woman be capable of such a horrific act of course delicate little flowers um and we're in the victorian era so everyone's super prim and proper and she put on that show during the the trial and everything she was not a very big person she was fairly short she was told to wear black during the trial which she did and she sat nice and quietly and so the the impression was that she was just this proper little Protestant woman. Mm-hmm. And now we have shows like Deadly Women. <laughs> yeah. Which is on like, I don't know, season something ridiculously yeah. high. They've got more seasons than Supernatural. <laughs> I wish I wish that show didn't annoy you so much. I love that show. I, I just don't like the host. Her voice annoys me. I don't know why. <laughs> Are you a deadly woman? I'll never tell. (laughs) So if y'all don't hear from me. (laughs) So uh, women all over the country railed to her side. Mm -hmm. This was also at the beginning of the women's suffrage movement. So a lot of her defense was based on political emotions not necessarily whether she was actually innocent or not oh like how are you supposed to be tried if you can't even legally vote right uh so well the, the thing there is no women could serve on the jury because they couldn't vote oh i see so she wouldn't be tried by her peers she'd be tried by a jury of men mm-hmm. so it was not believed that she would get a fair trial so she was arrested on august 11th 1892 uh, that's about it was about a week after the murder. The murder was on August fourth, and she would remain in jail for nine months before the first trial. Did she get any special treatment since she was kind of had some money? Not that I'm aware of. From what I could tell, it didn't look like there was any 
bail set or anything. So she waited in jail until the trial. I'm sure because she had money, she was probably a very high flea risk. Mm-hmm. The trial, the the first trial took place in June of ni- 1893. At which point there, I don't remember exactly what the conclusion of this trial was, but I do know that det- the judge determined she was probably guilty and would remain in county jail until the case could be heard by a superior court. Mm. So I, I, I'm not exactly sure what happened. I do wonder if maybe he, uh, the, like it didn't actually go to that trial. Mm-hmm. The judge was like, this trial's not equipped to handle this. We're going to just go ahead and pass this to the next round of courts. Gotcha. Uh, Speak to my supervisor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't want any part of this. She's going to hack me next. <laughs> So she remained in jail until December of 1893 was when the case went before a grand jury. Did she still have all of her followers at that point, like supporting her? She must have because this was when this was when the the case for sure actually went to trial. This was when the doctor testified about the morphine, whether that was actually how truthful his testimony was i don't know but like i said she was perceived publicly as this just sweet little girl Mm -hmm. so he might have even just been saying it to help the image you know i don't know but like i said in for sure in private she did not get along with with her family at all and was kind of nasty did she have any friends or she just was pretty terrible i don't know i do know that it seemed like her and her older sister were close. Upon her birth mother's deathbed, her birth mother told her older sister, you look out for Lizzie and you know, make sure nothing happens to her, basically. Mm-hmm. So her her sister stuck with her, even after the trial and everything. I, this might be the fact that sealed it, the deal in my head that she probably did it. So one of the things she often argued with about with her father was that he needed to buy a house in the hill. Like I said, that's the uh, was the rich neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And he would never do it. Well, shortly after she, the, the trial was done, she bought a house in the hill with her father's money. And that's where her and her sister lived until they had a falling out in 1905, and that was the last time they ever spoke. So who knows? Maybe the maybe it came out that she did do it, and her sister was done with her or something. I don't know. But they never spoke again. So whatever happened, it was bad enough that it completely ended the relationship. There was an account that somebody had overheard Lizzie and her sister Emma getting into an argument before the second trial. And Lizzie was yelling at Emma saying they're gonna find me out you didn't do a good enough job or something something along those lines but i don't know i don't know how you could count that as evidence (laughs) right i mean if it was the police there or the judge heard it or a jury member it would have to been somebody with significance here overhear that Mm -hmm. to be taken seriously but even still that's hard to prove well, it's a. It's also 130 years later, so every little information we find is subject to. It's like the. Do you ever play the game where you whisper something in somebody's oh, ear telephone. and then they yeah, 
and the story changes every time it gets yep. passed down. So the story has been passed for 130 years now. I doubt we'll ever know the tr- the true truth. Mm-hmm. So as we know today, she was acquitted, which means that basically the charges were dropped. Even though I think most of the officials in charge knew she did it, I think it was due to a technical oversight that she got off, which, I mean, the laws are in place to protect innocent people, but sometimes guilty people take advantage of it. Oh, yeah. So even though the hatchet was found, the police failed to dust it for fingerprints. Could they dust it back then? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was the early parts of, like, true forensics, but they had the ability to dust for fingerprints, and they didn't. And that was probably why she got off. Was it brand new and they just forgot that that was an option? (laughs) Or that's like a big deal. It was pretty early, probably. Yeah, I would say. But they they didn't dust for fingerprints. And they couldn't find like a dress with blood or anything. Hmm. But certain people have claimed, I think the maid was one of them, to see her burning a dress the next night oh. that she claimed would she had some bs reason that it was dirty or whatever like had some a stain on it and just threw a fit uh-huh didn't but, say it was a blood stain <laughs> yeah so there, there was no physical evidence and the lack of evidence is what is how she got off there were no other suspects either was there not really. I mean, at the beginning, there's always, like, everybody's a suspect at the beginning. Right. But the... Like, it in, was just Lizzie? And the the investigation quickly narrowed their interest onto Lizzie. Why Lizzie versus Maggie, the maid? Like, what was it that led them narrowly to her so quickly? My guess, without having, like, actually studied the yeah. the evidence and the trial and everything, my guess is lack of motive. Mm. I don't, from what I've read, I don't see a motive for, for Maggie to do it. But I do see motive for Lizzie to do it. Because she got her dad's money. She got her dad's money. She got to move. She got to move. She did not, she already did not get along with either of mm-hmm. the victims. Mm-hmm. So that would be my guess. I mean, honestly... Even you had mentioned the uncle. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a, a motive for him either. He just happened to be in yeah, town. Yeah. Whenever I asked if you had seen that he or some people think that he had done it, you were like, "What? Who is that? What are you talking about?" Yeah, because I well, I had done all this like reading on like the Smithsonian website and uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica, like looking for, and his name was never mentioned on any of these official websites. Hmm. The stories of what actually happened, there's tons. No one, I mean, there's no way for us to know. One of the theories is, and this is, I believe, what the doctor testified, is that she suffered from fugue seizures. Hmm. And basically, that's where your your mind just blacks out. You don't fall unconscious, but your mind goes black and you don't realize what you've been you lose time segments of memory oh so like 
she already doesn't get along with them. What if they had been in an argument or something? And she, and like, she goes into out. a rage and then... Because that's a lot of times what causes seizures is, like, overstimulation of something. Yeah. So if she's just super agitated and goes into this seizure, seizure and blacks out, which people do that whenever they get really mad anyway. Yeah. So that's, can. that's what the doctor testified is she suffered from a fugue state seizure. And because of because of that, uh, because of the way she portrayed herself and the lack of evidence, she was acquitted. Could you imagine Lizzie, like just being Lizzie and going through all that, whether you did or didn't do it? Or if you did have this seizure where you blacked out, so you don't know if maybe you did it. But you're burning a dress, so you have to know something. Right. I would think if you... If you came to, she would have had to come to in the bloody dress. Mm -hmm. Like, you would know that you did it. You might not remember it, but I think you would know that you did it. Yeah. Uh, Well, there's always the movies where you wake up like that and it looks like they had done it. But then you go through the movie and they actually didn't. It was somebody else. Mm -hmm. But what if she really didn't do it? And she was locked up for nine months. And everybody's afraid of her. Well, probably everybody didn't want to be around her anyway. That actually knew her since she was obviously a not nice person well, to begin with. She kind of went in, into obscurity afterward. Like they were kind of recluses. They bought the house and they kind of just stayed there. Yeah. Uh, and hermited themselves. I imagine they would be a recluse just because of the infamy of their situation. Of yeah. Parents dying. <laughs> yeah. After she was acquitted, there were never any other suspects. So I assume it just technically stays as a cold case, I guess. It's still technically unsolved. But since then, we have all kinds of pop culture references. Now, I did actually get Tanner to agree to watch a a movie with Lizzie Borden stuff. Yeah, how was that movie? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty good. So we're talking about The Inhabitant uh, that came out last year, 2022. Uh, you can currently wa- rent it on Amazon Prime. I thought it was good. I don't know if you went back to like refresh your memory or anything. <laughs> but uh, Tanner asked, or we were talking about recording the other night. And I said, oh, yeah, we still need to watch that movie. And he was like, we watched that movie on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> like. What? I was like, yeah, you sat next to me on the couch and we watched the whole movie while while it was nap time. <laughs> yep, I did not remember. I thought it was good, though. It's about a des- the descendants of Lizzie Borden, mm-hmm. which in real life, I don't think she has any. Hmm. I don't know that her or her sister ever had kids. So I didn't even ever think of that. That's interesting. But this movie is about her descendants and how she basically created this curse that follows through the female line. Mm -hmm. And they basically get start seeing visions of Lizzie and she's like turning them into axe murderers. And the daughter it's it's about the daughter and her trying to fight off the visions. And there's these people getting murdered around town and she doesn't she honestly doesn't know if she's doing it or not. Mm -hmm. I will say this. The twist in this movie actually got me. And I'm one of those people that usually within the first 15, 20 minutes, I've already figured out the plot. 
and it's really hard for me not to just blurt it out. <laughs> I'm glad you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to spoil it here, but I do recommend going and watching it. I I enjoyed the twist. Now I do remember it after jogging my memory. <laughs> I also thought it was good. <laughs> uh, there's quite a few other movies that are are about the story. So there's the Lizzie Borden Chronicles, which is a 2015 miniseries starring Christina Ricci. Uh, there was the Lizzie Borden Lizzie Borden Took an Axe, which is a 2014 TV movie also starring Christina Ricci. I was looking and under both of these because I wondered if it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. From what I can tell, there's it's two different things. I don't know if they're related to each other. Like maybe the movie spawned the series. Oh, okay. But they had different writers. If I, if I were guessing, I would guess that the movie came out and then it was somewhat popular, and they made a series that expanded it. That's cool. Um, there was also a 2018 movie on HBO Max called Lizzie. Then there is a 1975 TV movie called The Legend of Lizzie Borden, a 2013 movie called Lizzie Borden's Revenge. This is on Tubi, and this is the one I was telling you about that it looks like one of those uh, <laughs> silly adult movies, possibly, but it's on Tubi, so it's not. Silly adult, like all the girls playing Pirates of the Caribbean to get your booty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it looks Oh no! Bad. And like the <laughs> cast is all, I think there's like maybe one or two dudes in the movie, and it's all these. All the girls are voluptuous. All the girls are voluptuous. <laughs> the writing looks bad. It's it's probably a winner. It's on Tubi. I think we should watch this later. <laughs> and then the last one, I just went to IMDb and I looked up Lizzie Borden. So uh, the last one I found was The Curse of Lizzie Borden, and it's a 2016, and it even mentions in the description, low-budget horror movie. Oh, good. So I bet it's another good, winner. Good. Terrible. Worse or better? Definitely worse. I think worse. I don't know. We're going to watch it to make sure. Well, the one we actually did watch that I didn't remember... It was not low budget. It was actually really good. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really good. I think it's about time we bury the hatchet. Oh my gosh. If you say so, dear. <laughs> you just had to get one last one. I had to, to get one last one. I think you had more than me this episode. Well, a couple of zingers. You had right some, off the cuff. Right off the cuff. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we really appreciate every single one of you. Be sure you're sharing us with all your friends. I think everyone needs to be listening to Reaper Scrapers. At least it's fun, right? It's fun. We have a good time. <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and I almost said Twitter, but we're not on Twitter. We're on TikTok. Tiki Talkies. I thought you were going to bring up me playing horror video games and being on Twitch or something. <laughs> well, if we do, if if we do get taken where there's no more TikTok, we will probably be on the Twitch playing the horror video games. Mm-hmm. This is... I haven't forgot. <laughs> I'm even, obviously the forgetful one, not you. I've even figured out how we can at least do it for now until we get, like, real equipment. Oh, yeah? It's going to take some work to do it that way. <laughs> but it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. I bet you are. <laughs> I bet you are. So supportive. <laughs> let us know all your creepy stories you can send us an email 
at reaperscreepers.spooky22 at gmail.com. And thank you all again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.